Hi guys, Nicole Kernahan here. I want to talk to you about why power. I just heard it called that by Mr. John C. Maxwell. I love that. He says this, I guess you could call it why power. That's W-H-Y, why power. It can carry you forward when willpower is not enough. So I want to chat today a little bit about why, (laughs) about your why, about my why, about this idea of uh, purpose, but I'm also going to touch on vision as well, this idea of purpose and vision. So before I get into my thoughts, uh, I'm really liking the idea of sharing a little clip or something from books that I just, I'm reading all the time and I just find it valuable to share a little clip. So I'm going to share this little piece from a book called You Squared from Price Pritchett. It's a high-velocity formula for multiplying your personal effectiveness in quantum leaps. Sounds fabulous. I would love to do that. I'm working on it, and that's why this book is falling apart, because I've been reading it for four years. Uh, So this chapter is called Fall in Love. It's one page, (laughs) so it'll be quick. And then I'm going to tell you about the three pillars of purpose after after I read this to you. So he says this, Quantum leaps won't happen if you're living a life with a lukewarm heart living life with a lukewarm heart, sorry. Passion is very important. It's a really important part of the process. It fires the soul and fills the spirit, energizing your heart and mind for the quantum leap to a higher plane of performance. Passion also keeps you going when you're hit with problems and uncertainty, which we will be. But passion itself must be fueled, and you fuel that flame with visions of a dream that is dramatic. So you can hear right now, I'm pausing this story for a quick second, where he's talking about two things. He's talking about like your passion, your why, and the, which is just, sorry, your passion, your why, your purpose, and then the fact that it's fueled with visions of a dream that's dramatic. That's your vision, your goal. So there's a difference, right, between your, your why and your goal and your vision. And uh, I really, really love to emphasize that because that was a really profound differentiation since I've been studying this material. So uh, hopefully that can be really impactful awareness for you as well. And I'll, I'll definitely share more about that today and as well in future podcasts. So let's continue on. So he says, I'll repeat the last sentence, but passion itself must be fueled and you feed that flame with visions of a dream that is dramatic. The emotional intensity inside must burn hot enough to protect you against the chilling effects of doubt, uncertainty, criticism, and failure. Only deep desire can generate such heat. For you to care this intensely, of course, there must be something worth caring about. Something remarkable, special, and precious enough to light the fire in your heart. This means you must loosen the limits on your thinking and give yourself permission to pursue what you want most. The climate is right for a quantum leap only when you are passionately drawn to a particular goal. So let your deepest desires direct your aim. Set your sights far above the reasonable target. And reasonable is in quotations there because reasonable is whatever you personally think is reasonable. What I think is reasonable might be different than what you think is reasonable. Um, The power of purpose is profound only if you have a desire that stirs the heart. The inner drive must be strong enough to carry you past the point of wishful thinking. The dream must consume you, control you, drive you to action, disallowing half-hearted effort in the pursuit. I love that. Disallowing half-hearted effort in the pursuit. Quantum leaps are an act of love, a passionate statement of how you care for the thing you seek. 
only an emotional move holds the power to carry you to the distance from you to U squared. This book is called U squared, which basically what he's saying is to carry you from where you are to the quantum leap that you're after. Let the heart take charge of your body. If you have a magnificent obsession, you're poised for a quantum leap. So that's the full chapter. And there's a lot of magic in there. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've also studied the book Think and Grow Rich quite a bit. And that's Bob Proctor as well, one of my mentors, that was his, well, he still studies that book. He's been studying that book for like 55 years, thinking about which. Um, And a lot of what Price Pritchett is talking about here, about passion, about emotion, about having a burning obsession, um, is really, some of those concepts come from that book, Thinking Grow Rich as well. The idea of having clear idea of where you're going and clear idea of why you're going there. Most people don't. Nine out of ten people on the street, if you ask, what is your burning obsession? What are you working towards that you can't sleep at night because you're so excited? Like, right? A lot of us are not living that way. We don't allow ourselves to live that way. We fall into habitual ways of being and, and our dreams kind of get put on the, t- on the shelf. Um, but really, this, from I just want to draw the parallels with some of the concepts in Think and Grow Rich for those of you who have read it. And if you haven't, it's powerful, but it is also something you need to study. (laughs) Reading it once is not going to do it for you. It's a study book. But anyways, um, this idea of having clarity on your vision, clarity on your purpose, your why, and being emotionally attached. So in chapter four of Think and Grow Rich, I don't actually have it in front of me, but I know this so well. Um, Napoleon Hill says, if you, I may not be wording it, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, if you repeat your desires over and over and you're, you're basically, you're essentially trying to use the power of auto-suggestion. Sorry if I'm, if I'm losing anyone here with any concepts, but if you're basically trying to focus on your vision and focus on your goal and you're repeating it and you're, you're looking at it even on, if you have a vision board or something, if you're trying to do that without emotion, it will have zero effect. It will, it won't work. Vision boards do not work without deep, intense emotional desire attached to them. Um, I hope you're grasping the importance of this because this can really be an eye opener for a lot of people. Because um, this, and this is just one piece. I'm going to still talk about purpose in a second, but um, we can be like saying, I want that, I want that, I want my goal, I, I, I want it, I want it. But if we're not really deeply emotional about it, on a subconscious level, like that deeper level of emotion, then we're not going to change our actions. It's not like it's just, not just by magic, but because we're, if we're not emotionally, deeply emotional about it, then we don't change our actions. That's why what John Maxwell said is why power. It can carry you forward when willpower is not enough. If you're working towards a dream and you're working towards something and you're going for it and you're going for it, when you get tired or you get bored or you don't feel like it, why power? Willpower is not going to be enough. What is this why power? And why power only works when you have a strong emotional desire. And if you don't have that, then we just got to figure it out. We've got to create that, right? To create that burning desire, burning obsession. That in and of itself takes practice. Another concept from Think and Grow Rich is don't worry if you don't have deep emotion towards your goals yet. Because it takes practice to create emotion towards the things you're working towards and and have a vision towards um, what it's going to look like and what it's going to feel like. 
Um, and one of the reasons is uh, one of the reasons it, it takes practice to be emotional about, and, I, and when I say emotional, I mean positive emotion, not lack emotion, not like I want that goal so badly because I don't have enough right now. If you're like looking at it from a, if you're, if you're thinking I do have emotion, I'm so emotional, but if it's emotion of because I don't have enough, that's not going to work either. It has to be a level of a burning obsession emotion with, here's the word, belief, <laughs> with deep belief. Um, so what am I all saying all over here? All a little bit, a little bit all over the place here, but hopefully you're following along and catching the pieces I'm putting together for you. But the, yeah, I'll just do a little summary. The idea of having a clear vision, a goal that you have a burning obsession about, you're totally passionate and emotional about. And a lot of the reason for creating emotion is because of your why, which is your purpose. I still haven't got to that yet, but it's coming. Um, your purpose, your why is, is one piece that adds that emotion to your vision. And then the other thing that I said is belief. You have to have a belief. If you don't believe it, um, you got to work on your belief because you don't change your actions if you don't believe it. If any of you listened to my really long story about my life, my transition, my, my, my whole backstory, it, my actions changed because I believed. I believed in the outcome. I believed that I was guaranteed the outcome even though the doctor said it's, we don't know. We have no idea if it's going to work or not. But I believed in my outcome. So therefore, I changed my actions dramatically. I changed my habits. I changed my diet. I changed my lifestyle. I changed all these things consistently because I had a high level of belief. If I didn't have a high level of belief in my actions, in my ability to recover, in the fact that these solutions were even going to work or not, because it's not proven, it wasn't proven, it's still not not black and white, but I had such a high level of belief that I changed my actions dramatically. And, um, And then I kept doing it and I worked towards that and I achieved it. Um, okay. And then the last piece that I shared in summary was this idea of, uh, your emotion has to be a belief, positive emotion, not a, I really, really, really want that because I don't have enough right now. I really, really want to have more money because I don't have enough. I really, really want to change my, my work schedule because I don't have enough time. So the desire from a place of lack is not the same as a desire from a place of I do have enough, even if you think you don't. But this is a whole other story on levels of gratitude. But if you can get yourself to an emotional state of I do have enough, I'm happy now, but I have a burning desire to do something even more. Uh, and it's harder to say that if you are looking at your life and you're like, no, I don't have enough. What's she talking about? We have to, we have to work towards getting yourself in a state where you feel like you have enough so that you can actually create that future. Okay, so let's get to it. The three pillars of purpose. Um, Hopefully you've grasped the difference between purpose and vision. Vision is a goal. Purpose is the reason why. And the three pillars of purpose is actually something that I teach and facilitate through a program called Elevated Purpose. Uh, And it's something that Tony Child, my good, good friend and coach and business associate uh, who really created this, these, this concept of these three pillars of purpose. So the first pillar is desire. Now, I already was, I've already been talking a little bit about that, um, but I'm going to say it a little bit of a different way. Desire is, in this example <laughs> of your why, your purpose, 
desire is something that's always on your mind. Like things that you just think about all the time in a good way. Like things that you think about that you would like. So for me, I think about fitness. <laughs> personal. Like not, this is just for me, my own personal life. I personally uh, think I love like nutrition and fitness. So in my spare time, if I'm not studying personal growth stuff, instead of watching a TV show, I would rather, genuinely would rather want to like learn about optimal health and performance. Like, ooh, how can I like adjust my water intake and before and after exercise and how to get like the best results? How can I like, I study, oh my goodness, <laughs> so much stuff. And honestly, a lot of this stuff I'm talking about, this is my, for my own personal sake. Like, I end up applying it and sharing it and wanting to share with others. But um, I just, it's like probably someone who loves sports or loves a certain sport or loves something, anything, any personal hobby or that you have, that that's what I want to do <laughs> in my spare time. Either that or personal growth stuff. Like I, that's my, that's my other personal obsession. Of course I teach it and I share it, but I am personally obsessed with personal growth and leadership and development for my own sake. I like, I want to find my own blind, blind spots. I want to figure out like, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, going to advanced medical school when you're a doctor and you want to just learn all the, all the little intricacies and see the dots connect, like putting puzzles together. Those are probably my two biggest desires, like a burning obsessions in terms of things that I think about. Um, but also desires could be like, which are mine also. Like uh, I want a new larger home. We we have a nice home and we've larger home than we had before. But I want uh, I really have a desire to have a bigger space so that my you know when we have, if we have kids, well we have one kid, but if we have another, but we can have um, you know their friends can come over. We can be a, a space where people can play. We can have a pool in the backyard and we can have pool parties. We could host family Christmases and events. So um, that's one another desire, like another example of a desire in my personal life. I have a desire to travel a bit more, not too too much personally, but I have a desire to travel a bit more and with my family. Um, so yeah, so your, the first pillar of purpose is kind of really kind of thinking about your desires. And typically it's things that are on your mind a lot. It might be like baking. Maybe you love baking and maybe you've had this like slight inkling of a dream in the background, back of your mind of like being a baker or, or opening a bakery or something like that. And, but you just logically talk yourself out of that because it doesn't even make sense and how could that be possible and you're just not even an option. But that might be something you can write, you can write down, like an idea of what, is a, what are some desires that I have in different areas of my life, relationships, uh, health. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are kind of things, desires. But they are, one of the ways to trigger this example of a desire, this is different than your goals, okay? There, there's easy, it could be confusing a little bit because there can be an overlap in these, this example of like thinking of desires and goals. But these are things that you just think about a lot, you're passionate about, you really love. Uh, you may or may not have actually ever thought of it as a goal because you maybe just didn't allow yourself to think of it as a goal or you don't, you know, you just haven't figured out any way it could be possible. So don't be scared to write stuff down because this is, you're not, we're not writing this down as a goal yet. You're just saying these are some of my desires. Um, yeah, so there's some examples. So the second pillar 
You can write down as many as you want, but you do eventually want to kind of narrow it down to just for focus purposes. And, but, um, the second pillar of purpose is really, really important and was totally incredibly life changing for me. This is like what allowed me this concept. I had learned it a little bit differently at the time, but this concept of understanding my values, uh, like I'll explain, I'll give some examples was really what allowed me to feel the confidence to leave my retail business. It was so clear. It was like this understanding of looking at what do I really want my days to look like. So I was basically looking at two things. I was looking at my desires, like what do I want my life to look like? Another example of desires is just time. <laughs> I really, really wanted flexible time with my because of my son. Because specifically because I have, it could be for any reason, but for me it was because I specifically had my son, and I wanted to be able to pick him up from school, and like I just I had all these visions. So I really had a strong desire for that, but I also had a strong value. I valued spending time with my son. I valued picking up early. And there's no right or wrong here. When we go through the values thing, this can be difficult for people because they're like, I should value my family more than anything in the whole world. And we would never question that you don't value your family. You, 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 of course, you do. <laughs> but um, wherever you're currently spending your time and money, is where you're showing by your actions what you value. And so for me, when I was running my health food store, it was really interesting. When my son was born, I was spending a lot of time with him as I desired to do, and it was really, really important to me and makes sense, but no, no judgment one way or another. It was just, I, that was a, such a big value I was not, I would, I was willing to have the store be closed. It is in a shopping mall. So it's, that's not cool. <laughs> like I, I didn't do that on purpose, but I was willing, like your values win. Guess what guys? Surprise. Your values win. If you have a goal or a desire, if you have a desire to do something, you're like, I really need to make more money in my, in my business or I need to do this. I need to change this area of my life. I need to change my health. I have to. And you're like, I have a desire to do that, but I really, really value downtime I really value relaxing for example if that's you I like I really uh, my job is so stressful that I need to like relax for three hours when I get home and then you're so there's a value value is relaxing downtime we may not say that it's a value like that wouldn't it'd be for hard for someone to admit that watching tv is a value but wherever you're currently spending your time and money is what you're showing through your actions that you currently value and it might not be the tv watching that's the, that, that, that's just the vehicle for allowing your mind to shut down and relax and whatever. Um, but, uh, but that's a really, really big awareness. What do you value? Because if your desires and your values are not aligned, your values always win. Like I've been saying, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but if your values win and you value downtime, but you really desire better health, you desire getting fit, but your values are showing through your actions that you need downtime and you need to relax, then you're going to be just annoyed at yourself and or disappointed or frustrated or just give up and be like, man, I just, I don't know how you can do that. How can other people go work out after a full day of work? And because their values, they're different. <laughs> um, I could work out like literally almost any time of day because I, it's a desire and it's a value. I love it. And it's, and I value it, 
And the reason I value it is because I also experienced living without it. So my hair, when my right arm and right leg were paralyzed a long, long time ago, but I you don't forget that kind of thing. So I, it became a very, very big habit. It's a habit for me to exercise now. So it's, there's no, it's not like I have to make a decision each day. It's just, I, I know what's going to happen. It's a habit. When it's a habit, it's a lot easier. Um, so hopefully that's making sense. So values, and, and someone might value money a lot and that's not not saying that in a bad way like money has a very important purpose in our lives and it can be used for a lot of very important and good things but um if someone values money a lot and they might value money because they didn't have it growing up or maybe they struggled a lot like there may be there may be subconscious reasons like in their paradigm like from past experiences that cause them to like have really high value for money as well like there maybe whatever just as an example there's many different reasons but if someone really, really values money and they want to value their family more, but they find that they're working constantly and they're working multiple jobs because they want to, because they need, feel, they feel that they need to have more money and they might argue, I need that, I need money because I need it for my family because I want them to have a good life. And, and those are all fabulous, good things. And those are good reasons, but it's showing through our actions <coughs> that we value either money or our job, depending on how you look at it, more than uh, like the family. Um, and I don't mean I really got to be careful with this is how this is coming out because I, I uh, it doesn't mean you don't deeply love and adore our families. It's, and we might be doing it for the reasons for our families. Um, it's just a, it's just proven through where you spend your actual time right now and your money currently. Okay, so that's the idea. So your values, um, yeah, are a little bit about where you spend your time and money. Where do you spend your time and money? Just really important to think about. <laughs> where do you spend your time and money? And then think about where do I want to spend my time and money? Because perhaps the, I've had some really cool client experiences and my own, but where kind of the, this this experience of realizing, oh my goodness, I'm spending 12 hours a day at work and I'm saying I value my health, and I, but I feel like I don't have enough time to exercise because I have to be at work for 12 hours. This one example, um, my client, she realized she could take some things off her plate at work. She doesn't have to be there for 12 hours. She's not being paid for 12 hours. She just got into the habit of it, and she values her work a lot, not even for money. This is, she doesn't make more money. It doesn't, her money doesn't change if she works for the, whatever she's scheduled for, which is probably closer to eight or nine hours or 12 hours. It's just that she really valued her work and she valued the people that she was serving in her work. So she went above and beyond and did such a good job and took on all these extra responsibilities and did so much stuff. And it became a habit over the years that she would go in at seven and like leave at seven and therefore didn't have a whole lot of time to exercise. And through this experience of kind of realizing her values and realizing she did have the ability to take control and she, like, we, we, we always have a choice. We might not feel like we have a choice, but we, we have to take back that, that control. And um, she started working less hours because she took some projects off her plate. She, it made, she had to make some tough decisions. And I think she actually op- like offered for other people to, to potentially delegate. There was a few projects that were just optional, not mandatory, but they were just nice for the people. And she like offered, if anyone wants to take this over, I know it's fun and I know people really enjoy it, but I'm not able to do it anymore because I 
can't keep working 12 hours a day. And no one volunteered to take it over. So it didn't happen. And that's okay. It was a bit sad. It was sad because she wanted it. but And everyone, like, people wanted it. Um, but, you know, the other people valued their time more. They had values that they valued more than taking on this additional product to do extra work for. And uh, it allowed my client to start going to the gym. And she's going to the gym, like, I think five days a week, quite a bit. Uh, she's going early in the mornings. And she, instead of coming in at 6.30 or 7, she's coming in at, you know, 7.30 or 8. <laughs> and she's still the first one there. <laughs> but now she's allowing that time. And she's also just being more flexible in the evening. I'm like, I'm going to be leaving at 5.30 or 6. I'm not staying till 7 every day. And that's allowing her to have more time to have food prep in the evening and just have more time for anything else at all. Anything else at all that she values or enjoys or has desires around. So those are desires. Those are values. They have to figure out, you got to figure out to line them up. If they don't, if you're, if they're not aligned, your values always win. So don't be disappointed with your results if you are aware that they're not aligned. And that's okay. We can work on that. <laughs> you can work on that. But it's something that can be created. And then the last, very last one is your strengths. Your strengths. What are you good at? What are you inherently good at? What are you good at because you've gone to school for it or you've practiced it a lot or you've worked in that environment? Uh, yeah, now... You may have strengths in areas that you are not passionate in. You may have strengths in areas that you don't desire to work in. So this is why they're like three pillars. We want to line them up. We want to find the areas of strengths that you have that line up with some of the desires that you have that now you can like be a super amazing, incredible human because now you're using your superpower strengths in an area that you're passionate about and have desire in. This doesn't just have to be in work, by the way. This can be in, in, it can be in work, it's powerful, it's really exciting if it is, but it can be in like hobbies or with relationships or family that can be, you, you can, you can do baking with your family by leaving work earlier and you can therefore be using a strength and a passion and a desire and a value. So it doesn't have to be work, you don't have to open a bakery, you can find other ways to incorporate those things into your life, but watch your happiness go up, just watch Watch your happiness go up. Oh my goodness. When we can really be aware of these three pillars and figure out our strengths, figure out our values, figure out our desires and find uh, ways to align them. And I would say just start with like one or two in each category. Don't try to like line up all 10 desires and all 10 values and all 10 strengths. Just pick like two in each category and um, yeah, really work through that. So I'm going to stop now. I feel like uh, this has been valuable. Podcasts, I guess you just kind of chit-chat. I feel like uh, this is a little bit long, but hopefully it's really valuable. Three pillars of purpose. Desires, values, strengths. Line them up. That's the three. This is a secret, by the way, guys. This is in the program that I teach and facilitate. It's articulated a little bit more clearly, and we spend a week on each one of them and go through all seven areas of life and follow like a very specific process. But I'm giving you the secret glance of what this is all about so that you can take that with you and hopefully add lots of value. Okay. And have lots of passion and lots of fun and lots of excitement. And then on another podcast, I'll talk a little bit more, bit about goals and, and vision. This one was a bit more about passion and purpose. All right. Have a lovely evening. If you guys want to get a hold of me, I didn't say this in my first two episodes. This is my third one. Uh, 
Kernahan at Outlook.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E dot K-E-R-N-O-H-A-N at Outlook.com. Or feel free to check my website is NicoleKernahan.com. N-I-C-O-L-E-K-E-R-N-O-H-A-N dot com. They'll be having a Google survey up there very soon. By the time you listen to this, it may already be there. But uh, just a little survey of reflecting in seven areas of life, kind of check, doing a self-check-in about seven areas of your life, where, you, where you're at right now and where you want to be in a year from now, and just kind of checking in on where you're at and gaps in your life. So it's a free survey, but I'm going to have it up there pretty soon, and I think it's extremely powerful to do a self-check. Okay, talk to you soon.